BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Welcome to Made by Women by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. At a moment when businesses face some of the biggest challenges in recent history, we bring you inspiring stories, practical insights, and shared learnings to help you successfully navigate in today's environment. Every Thursday, Made by Women will showcase the experiences of legendary women entrepreneurs, fierce up-and-comers, and everyday women who found success their own way. Consider this your real-world MBA, designed for the new now. I'm Kim Azzarelli, and thanks so much for joining us today. Big data is one of the biggest game-changers in modern life. It's transformed business, politics, science, and just about every facet of society. And Edwina Dunn is a pioneer in the field. In 1989, she co-founded a data science company called Dunn Humby that revolutionized the realm of retail and consumer packaged goods. The groundbreaking loyalty program that Dunn Humby created helped its client Tesco become one of the world's largest retailers. For her groundbreaking work, Edwina was awarded an OBE, one of the British Empire's highest honors. After selling Dunn Humby, Edwina went on to become the chair of StarCount a data science consultancy. Edwina's journey is a fascinating one. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Edwina, co-founder of Dunhumby and chair of StarCount. Edwina, thanks so much for joining us. Kim, I'm delighted to be here with you. Well, we are very excited about this conversation in particular for lots of reasons. Much about your career to date has been about big data, which we'd love to talk about. Then, of course, getting into what you're doing with the female lead. But to start, Big data has had a huge impact uh, and continues to have a huge impact on contemporary life. And you've really been a pioneer in this field. In 1989, you founded a global data science company, which created the first mass loyalty program and changed the way people shop. And now you're the chair of a data marketing company, StarCount. What drew you to this field and why is data science so important to our everyday lives? Well, thank you. I mean, yes, it's a great question. I, I have to say, I. 
I was lucky in my first job. I I studied geography and no one who studies geography ever thinks they're going to have an amazing career following that. Um, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think I was going to step into a role where spatial analysis was important. And actually, I did. And it was at a time where if you were a graduate, you really had your choice of job. And I got offered five roles. And I remember thinking one of them was kind of special, a little idiosyncratic, but special. And that was the one eventually that I joined. And it was a big American software consultancy. But the part I was joining was a small unit that was starting out in uh, London. It had been in Bermuda and then Ireland, um, I guess, for tax reasons during R&D development. And they created this amazing software program. And I joined them in London. And boy, did I land on my feet. I couldn't believe it. Um, It was just, I think it was just such a forward thinking business. It was a meritocracy to start with. It was two and a half thousand people, really, really clever software developers, really, really bright minds. And, you know, I was this young thing and absorbed everything like a sponge. And I was with a team, a tiny team of five other people. And we um, we used data, the first kind of big data, to look at how do you match um, people to the kind of facilities that you need to have in local areas. And that's really where it all began. Where do you locate hospitals? Where do you locate fire stations or police stations or schools? Um, So all of these resources, and we use census data, which at the time was hard to manage and manipulate. And that's where I learned everything. So fast forward, you got in early, as you said, in a really interesting way. And then you really, I mean, you took it really far. You you founded companies and, and you chair a data marketing company. What was it like to start your first company? At the time, it was really scary because you, you never really know if you're mad or you're doing something that is going to work. Um, most of our friends and ex-colleagues had far more confidence about what we were going to do because I started it with my husband. So we were broke. We were both out of a job, in a sense, because we were starting this new business. We had a huge mortgage and we were desperate to make it successful. And so, you know, far from it being this really clever strategy, it was actually, we have to make this work. So we worked really, really hard and um, everything started to come together. And so much is, you know, timing and being in the right place at the right time. And we coincided the beginning of our business to the absolutely dramatic change in the capability of technology. So our trajectory almost followed that path of technology getting bigger and faster, more powerful. And it enabled us to put bigger and bigger data onto our technology and do clever and clever things. And that was really the key to the business. Fascinating. I mean, you 
you said it so well, it's sort of the fire of having to make it a success often is driving a lot of entrepreneurs in those early days. And yet, you know, you, you were able to grow it. You were able to cross that incredible hurdle. Just bringing you back to the early days, did you ever aspire to be an entrepreneur? Well, initially, I didn't even think I would be in a career for the whole of my life. I thought I would become a housewife and have children. So I was not one of these women that started off with a, I know I want to be in work forever. The bug caught me and it caught me really big time. And the more I worked, the more I loved it. And so after a while, it became absolutely unthinkable for me not to work. And of course, when you feel like that, you then discover that the businesses that you work for have to believe in your power and your abilities. And the minute they stop investing in in what is coming next, the more you feel that's really bad news for my future. And so that's what drove me to an entrepreneurial lifestyle. Because when you can't persuade someone to do what you believe in, you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Well, that, and that's another challenge that entrepreneurs face, which is, as you said, I think earlier about, you know, am I mad or is this real? And especially when you're in those sort of traditional environments where people can't necessarily see outside the box, um, you have to have a lot of confidence. So it's, it's kind of amazing to hear your journey because, as you said, you hadn't even intended really to stay in the workforce. But once you got in there catching the bug, you know, your experience throughout that period of being in kind of traditional corporate or even when you're running your own business, what has that been like as a woman? As I say, in the first instance, I found myself you know, around really smart people. And I discovered that's what I loved most, being alongside people who were all brilliant at their own thing. And that has stayed with me through my entire working life. When, I am, when I'm not working, when we sold the business and retired for a year, that's what I missed. So, so being around clever people, I absolutely loved. And then the other thing that I discovered that I loved was the um, innovation, the kind of evangelizing about what you're doing, kind of pushing the edges to what's possible. Um, and that really became sort of part of our DNA, um, that beginning and sort of constantly investing in R&D so that you stay ahead of the curve. I think it's very, very easy to do something that works, find that it's profitable, and then sit on it and work it really hard. But actually, if you don't keep investing, sooner or later, someone catches you up and you're old news. So that's really what's propelled me forward to keep looking at the next thing and the next big idea. And so tell us about your current company. What do you focus on and, and what does it do? So StarCount was the next generation of data science. Um, so the data science that I was involved with and that most of the industry focuses on is what I call rear view mirror. It's using data that has already happened to predict what's going to happen. And that's really what most of the software and most of the learning um, is about. What we wanted to do was see if we could find big data that would be more real time 
and would enable us to be more like an Amazon, which is if you're buying this today, you might also like X or Y. And that's really hard to do if you're not Amazon or Google because you don't have enough data. We focused on social media, which of course is one of the biggest imprints of um, data and people's um, pattern making, um, their their pre- predilections for, you know, I love this, I don't like this, I share this, I talk about this. And so actually analyzing social media is quite complicated because you've got I don't know, something like 1.4 billion people doing something every minute of every day and trying to make that into a pattern that you can understand that predicts what people are going to do, what they love, what they care about. Do they care about the planet? Do they care about plastic free? These are the kind of things that are the new challenge. So what I believe in is so what I used to do was predict um you are what you buy what I'm now looking at and now predicting is you are what you love and most often it's the things we love more than brands more than products that drive our behaviors you know do we love being high tech or super cool love the brands or love the planet these are the things that define us and change us. And I think the things that are going to reveal more about our behaviors than anything else in the future. We'll be back with Seneca's Made by Women after this short break. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. You also started something called the Female Lead, which you launched in 2015. What, uh, what in your experience in the business world prompted you to start the Female Lead? So, through my career, where you know I had this amazing experience of working with 
some of the biggest retailers in the world. And, you know, we were able to engage in literally a joint venture with $80 billion businesses. You know, I was propelled into the boardrooms of some of these businesses where we literally became a hand in glove partner with them. So it's a very privileged position. But what was very noticeable was that all of these boards were male. And so the entire world of retail right across the world was dominated by men. And it, it, you know, it didn't stop me doing my job, but it was slightly uncomfortable at times because I do believe as women, we do express ideas in a slightly different way. And I think there's a sort of an adjustment that has to go on when you're in totally male environments. And, you know, having experienced this, I thought, how do girls, how do women see their way through this? You know, my strongest belief is you can't be what you can't see. And I couldn't see any female leaders. I couldn't see women of, you know, great strength, great success with all their stories. I couldn't see that um, as I went through my career. And that's what I wanted to reveal. That's what I wanted to tell these stories. And you have a, you have a book coming up uh, this fall. Can you tell us a little bit about your new book? Created the first book in 2015, and we had 60 amazing women. I mean, it was a glorious set of interviews with these women who, I suppose, reached the top of their field in lots of different ways, not just money and power, but in philanthropy and, and in art or sport. So, you know, really, in, and they told us their stories of how they got there and you know, all the difficulties they experienced on their way. I'm sure you're very familiar with, with hearing these stories. So that was the first book, and we created films of each of those and shared them with 18,000 schools in the UK and in the US. Uh, we were a little slower in the US, and we're still catching up, not, not for any reason other than it's a little harder to navigate the state system. In America, it's different in every state. Um, but these have been very successful, and we now have live female lead societies, which the girls create for themselves. We provide all the materials, and we provide each term new stimulus, new ideas. And the girls actually run these themselves um, in their schools or in their universities, colleges. And so we provide the wherewithal and they run them. And um, we have about 1,200 live societies so far. And, you know, they love the content so much. And we wanted to create a new set of voices, a new set of women. And we wanted very much to speak to the challenges that I know you explore, which is what are the challenges that women are facing today? And, and right now we know COVID has hit women harder um, and minorities harder than any other uh, group, certainly the, the male cohort. And we want to start addressing the kind of questions that 
that we've researched and found are the top questions that they ask. And in this COVID era, what do you feel is the biggest issue facing women right now? I think working from home has been um, mistaken for flexibility. And, you know, flexibility is absolutely not the same. We've revealed um, a psychological condition that women are more likely to experience, which we've called the unentitled mindset. So because of history around men and women, we can see that women come to work with a slightly lower expectation than men naturally have. And it's particularly apparent when it comes to processes in the workplace that are not transparent. And those processes are promotion cycles or um, uh, pay rises. These processes are very opaque and they're not really clearly understood. Why does someone get promoted and someone else not? Why is someone paid more than someone else? And women's unentitled mindset is particularly strong at a time when they need flexibility. Flexibility might be caring for family, caring for children, caring for elderly parents. And because they leave the office at five o'clock in the evening or come to work slightly later, they feel that benefit offsets anything else that might happen to them in work. They might be slightly seen as a slightly less important employee because they don't conform to the normal rules. And this weighs very heavily on women. Um, and we can see that it has a really direct impact, particularly mid-career, to the point that we are losing women mid-career, particularly around the age of 32, 33, because the mental load that they're carrying, you know, means that conforming to be a great employee and to be a great wife, mother, carer, they're just out of sync, out of balance. And that's the thing we're really focusing on. Well, that's so critical. And as you said, it's been so exacerbated in this COVID environment. So we're grateful that you're focused on that. In this moment, which is so hard for so many people, what is making you optimistic? I think what we've been able to reveal is that there are a lot of myths around women. Um, You know, women are not ambitious. Well, that's definitely not right. Uh, We've shown that women are very ambitious and very confident about being ambitious. You know, are they risk takers? Yes, if it's worth it. Um, They absolutely are. Do they mind earning more than their partner? No, not really. But all of these myths have been put out there. You know, are women less committed to work when they have um, children or when they reach the age where they might have children? No, not at all. Because um, in the right situation, with the right um, support, they can still be the same brilliant employee that they were. And so I'm, I feel we have a chance, literally, to build back better, 
post-COVID, you know, by revealing what is real and what's really holding women back, I think we can actually create a workplace, you know, where the model employee is no longer based solely on the idea of what a male best employee looks like. If, if we can find a new model, then I think we can release the economic value of what is 51% of the population. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This idea that if we could just fix the women, we would be doing better is <laughs> definitely a myth. And I think you've just articulated it so well. Again, Edwina, we're, we're really grateful for what you're doing, both on the big data side, but also in the women's space. It's a huge contribution. So thank you so much for joining us. Fantastic. Thank you, Kim. So inspiring. That far-sighted perspective makes Edwina Dunn a true leader and visionary. Here are three things I took from the conversation. First, recognize we're near at the right time and in the right place and seize the opportunity for all it's worth. When they started Dunhumby, Edwina and her husband were essentially broke, but they realized they were at the dawn of a new technological era and they learned and grew as the technology developed. Second, it's important to constantly invest in research and development to stay ahead of the curve. As Edwina says, it's easy to do something that works fine and is profitable. But if you don't keep investing, sooner or later, you'll be left behind. Finally, benefit from Edwina's insights. She used to say, you are what you buy. Now she says, you are what you love. As Edwina tells us, most often, it's the things we love that drive our behavior. Made by Women is brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.